It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am Tony Serino alongside Christopher Carter, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, we are talking about Mason Rudolph. He returned to practice, but should he return and play this Sunday so soon after taking a brutal hit and being unconscious for a minute or two? During that game, we'll also talk about uh, Devlin Hodges and what Chris has seen from him on tape and, and what you can expect from his play on Sunday. And then we'll talk about the defense and what's gone right for this defense and what went right on Sunday against the Ravens. Welcome to the show. You can find more of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the new Himalaya app, wherever you find podcasts, search Locked On Steelers, hit that subscribe button. Make sure to get your daily dose. You can follow us on Twitter at LO Steelers. You find us on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, hit like on the Facebook page, but make sure you also join the Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. In three, two. All right, Chris, how you doing today? I'm all right, Tony. How you, my man? I am doing well, but I'll tell you what. What's woke that? up this morning. It felt, felt like a normal day. Hey, let me check Twitter real quick. Got a uh, Got a DM from one of our fans. Wanted to read that before I got going today. Yeah. And Chris, this DM changed. It changes everything. Twitter user Chaos Killed showed me a Reddit post of a uh, someone who works or was at oh, Pittsburgh. Tony. What? Oh no! Yeah. Oh, we're talking about this. We're talking about this. Uh, he. It's a photo of the Redskins private jet or something with the Redskins logo on it at Pittsburgh International Airport. You're and. Ridiculous. And when you when you Google search, or so you you can look, so it has the 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 tag of the plane on there, so you can look at that and figure out, you know, what plane is it or whatnot. It seems to be a private jet because when you look up the flight history, it is all uh, you can't find it. There is no flight history for this thing; it's it's hidden. And usually that that is true with private jets. So, what Chris is the Redskins private jet doing at Pittsburgh International Airport today? I don't understand. You know, it was all fun and games yesterday. We talked about this. I got my tinfoil hat on. Ha, ha, ha. You know, Tomlin to the Redskins. Uh, what, did Dan Snyder just decide that, uh, you know, I want to get some Primani brothers this morning? Well, what's the deal here? Why is it? Why is there playing at, at Pittsburgh International? 
what is i'm trying to think of a logical explanation let's say that this is true right and i have no reason to believe it's not true there's a video where you can see it taking off there are other planes that you can see so you can we looked at people looked at those tags and and confirmed that those planes were at pittsburgh international airport so this plane with the redskins logo on it that's probably a private jet was at pittsburgh international uh, at some point in the last 48 hours what is happening nothing are we sure are we sure? Okay. I don't actually know what's happening. Okay, Tony, you remember what, what I, 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 I retweeted something, a, a point that Dale made that the, uh, that the Redskins could be in trouble for um, for tampering. For this could be them coming to Pittsburgh and be like, yo, sorry, we messed up. Please do not file a grievance because we don't need that on our, on our heads right now. That's, that's what it could be. Um, they ain't getting Tomlin this week. They ain't getting Tomlin next week. You would, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they. they I, 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 I joked with you this morning about it's like you know Tomlin's gone in the bye week. Um, I just don't understand. Even if I mean, even if they're working out a trade, I mean, nothing to me makes sense because let's say that this is like higher ups from the Redskins on this plane. Why can't? Wouldn't this happen over a phone call? I mean, even let's say they were going to start initiating some contact or whatever. I mean, are, phones exist? Do they not? I mean, do you text? Why are we flying in? Why? <laughs> Well, what, this is nothing. This it's is nothing. nothing. It's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. It, it, why are we talking but, about Chris, this? Chris, you have to admit, this is a hell of a coincidence. I mean, this is a hell of a coincidence. Two days ago, Ed Werder puts out the report that says Mike Tomlin is on the shortlist. That shortlist, by the way, not a crazy shortlist. It includes two coordinators that are very likely to get head coaching jobs in 2020. Then two days later, uh... There's a there's a Redskins private jet in Pittsburgh International. Well, uh, you know, it's still it's still unlikely. It's still almost it's still almost 100% unlikely. But uh that's a weird one. That's a weird one. <laughs> All right, let's talk let's talk about the game on Sunday and we'll start with the practice report uh from Wednesday. The Steelers of course are, are have a growing list of injuries now with Jalen Samuels being out for the next month or so. You can add to that list James Washington, Ian Rapoport tweeting this morning that James Washington will miss at least a couple weeks with that shoulder injury. Now, Chris, the Steelers have a bye week coming up, so you know he's he's likely to miss this week and then the bye week, and I guess the Steelers will see where he is thereafter. This does open the door. I mean, we talked about this, right? This opens the door again for Dante Moncrief. What, what do you think? How did the Steelers address you know life without James Washington? I know he hasn't been a big part of the offense, but he has gotten a big part of the reps. So who do you think takes his place? Well, I think that Dante Moncrief sounds like an, a guy that's sensible. Don, Moncrief or Holton lining up outside, keep Juju in the slot. Let him do his damage in the middle of the field. Let him work along with Vance McDonald there. But keep your outside guys. You haven't been killing on the outside anyways. Let the let the, you know throw a speedster out there and let Juju work in the middle of the field. Um, and and uh, if it's Moncrief or Holton, fine. You know, but don't put. Juju outside and put Switzer inside. I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, and, and that, that was they, they put Switzer out there a little bit last week, right? Um Switzer right. got Switzer got some reps after yeah, after Washington well, went down. Inactive. Right, right. So you you, you gotta figure Moncrease. I mean, he has to be active this week because Washington will be inactive. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Mark Barron did not practice on Wednesday. Now, Chris, he's had a lot of Wednesdays off, just kind of the vets day, days off here, but you know, the hamstring injury, it, it kept him out of the second half of that game against the Ravens not practicing on Wednesday here. I think it's unlikely he plays on Sunday. What do you think? Yeah, I just think Mark Barron's going to take some time off. They've got a bye week. Um he's been taking a lot of time off during weeks like he's he's, he's had that days. Yeah. Um and, and Vince Williams played very well. Devin Bush played very well. 
I don't think they're in any rush to force him back to active duty. So, uh, so yeah, I, I could see him missing this next game. Justin Lane set out of practice with illness. Uh, he'll, I guess he'll be back. He's been a special teamer to this point. Although, you know, look, with, with Steven Nelson potentially going down this week, Lane could be put into action um, if, if there were another injury at the position. Marquise Pouncey had the day off, uh, so he did not practice. Vance McDonald not practicing with a shoulder injury. And Chris, you know, this is this is very precautionary, it seems like, because Vance has played the last couple weeks, but really not practiced in the early portions of the week. Feels like Tomlin is, you know, understands his injury history and wants to make sure that this guy is good to go on Sundays. No, yeah, this is all about protecting their guy. Uh, Vance is a huge part of this offense right now because he, he blocks and he's, he's, he's going to be a security blanket for Hodges moving forward. Um, not that Hodges has relied on him or anything, but he's a huge part of their offense and he's a threat. And yeah. I think they recognize that. So why why risk him just for some practice during the week when uh, you can uh, just put him out there on Sunday? And I, I just think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and he had that big play, the 14-yarder that got the Steelers to the one-yard line, the catch yep. and run there. Uh, yep. That was a big play. So, look, you know, the guy's not showing any, you know, any of this on the field. Uh, I think that the Wednesday is off for him, which he's gotten in the last couple weeks. Just fine. All right, Steven Nelson, who I think was the big worry on the injury report this week, he was limited at practice with a groin. And Chris, I think this is this is great news for the Steelers because what it likely means is that he might be limited again on Thursday, practice fully on Friday, and be good to go on Sunday. And like you and I have talked about, he's been one of the best Steeler defenders, probably the best Steeler cornerback they've had this year. No, yeah, this, this is what I was saying, you know, yesterday when we talked on the podcast was that, you know, Steven Nelson... So, you know, I think he's just this is just precautionary. He seems fine after the game. He seems fine. I think he's fine now. He's just, you know, they're just letting him get through the football pains and aches that come with the game. So a uh, very good sign that he's that he's back in limited. I, th- I expect him to be full by Friday. And uh, that could be a huge step moving forward, uh, you know, to get him back because he has been a really big part of the secondary. Uh, the other the other two players that you know have been out for a while, Anthony Chicolo and Roosevelt Nix. Chicolo practicing in a limited capacity, uh, and then Roosevelt Nix did not practice with a knee. Tomlin said he you know he may expect Nix back this week, so watch for Nix later in the week. Chicolo limited with the foot, he may work his way back this week, and if not, certainly after the bye. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about Mason Rudolph and his situation. He practiced in a limited capacity on Wednesday. Chris and I are going to talk about whether or not he should play this week if he's cleared right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so Chris, I was surprised on Tuesday's press conference when Tomlin didn't just immediately rule out Mason Rudolph in this game with that concussion. Now, Tomlin, you know, likes to basically say nothing when it comes to these guys in the concussion protocol. Basically just saying, look, he's in the concussion protocol. I'm going to let the doctors sort it out from there. And that's all the information I have. That's always how he handles these things when it comes to the concussion protocol. But he did say on Tuesday that Mason was, was looking good, feeling good, that kind of thing. And now... Mason Rudolph has returned to practice in a limited capacity. And the way you get out of uh, the the concussion protocol is you have to practice in a full capacity and then uh, you have to uh, pass the test the next day. So if that's going to happen, it'll have to happen 
later this week. But certainly, this is a step in the right direction for Mason. But Chris, you know, I've been saying this all week. I feel like this would be a real mistake to play Mason Rudolph just seven days after the the brutal hit that he he took and the fact that he was out of uh, he he lost consciousness for so long. What, what do you think? I mean, it's it's I think it's, it's good that Mason's back, right? But should he play? No, he should not. Um, and I think it's great for his for his rebounding in the sense that you know this guy's tough. He's willing to go back out there, and it's also good sense because you know you know Dale Lolly brought up a good point. He's like no time in his collegiate history was he ever you know said to have have had a concussion. This could be his first, and it doesn't mean that uh, that that you know that's a good thing that you got one, but it does mean that you know he doesn't have a history of it. So there might you know when when you get your first concussion, it's not nearly as bad as when you get your third, fourth, or fifth concussion in your career, and a lot of, as a lot of players do. So. Um, I think it's it's very good for the Steelers to protect Mason Rudolph, even if he clears concussion protocol. You know, there's a chance that the doctors say, yeah, he's ready to play, and then he goes back out there. But I, I think it would be in, a, in an emergency capacity for them for the Steelers to even consider him stepping on the field, um, and maybe not even you know that if it if it comes to it. Um, but I, I fully believe Devin Hodges is study, start, starting this sun, this Sunday night no matter what happens. And I think that's the right decision because the Steelers, I mean, concussions and head injuries are just so bizarre, and we're still not 100% sure how they impact people throughout time. What, so why would you rush a guy back? You know, he could seem fine on the surface, and then so, and something happens, say he takes another hit to the head, yeah. and then something horrible happens to him. Yeah, that, and th- that that's got to be the worry with this. And and well, you know, I, I, I as I've said all week, I just I cannot see this guy playing again. You know, I, I understand if the doctors clear him and all that, but you know, the NFL's got to take this concussion thing. I, I don't know. I mean, I know I know they take they are taking it more seriously now than they ever have. But you know, you you have to look just a week ago what Buffalo what, what Buffalo did with Josh Allen because that was another brutal hit, not as bad as Mason Rudolph. I don't think Josh Allen lost consciousness on that hit, but he was certainly, you know, he, he certainly took a big shot to the head and was in the concussion protocol, played the very next week, played the very next week. Um, you know, for, I, I really hope the same is not going to be true for Mason Rudolph because he was knocked unconscious. I mean, you know, it was basically a knockout blow that he took. And, and in that way, I'll go over to another sport that, that I love watching, which is UFC. When the UFC, when you take a, when you take a knockout shot like this, you, the, you, not, it's not the UFC, but it's actually the commissions in each of the states that will suspend you. They will say, you cannot have contact in, in practice or in a fight for 30, 60, even 90 days right. at times when it comes to these things. Because, you know, they understand, especially in fighting where it is, you know, it is likely the next time they get in the ring, they will take another big blow like that. They take it very, very seriously. So for Mason to have, have you know, been knocked, basically knocked unconscious just like he was in a, in a boxing ring or a UFC cage uh, and then come back and play in seven days, I've said it all week. I mean, it'd be, it'd be malpractice on, on the part of not just the NFL, uh, but, the, but the Steelers themselves. So... Um, I, I think he should he should take this week off. I understand if he clears it, that's great. But you know the Steelers have a bye week uh, coming up after this. He gets two weeks now to really clear this up, and, and potentially you could see him again against the Dolphins. But before then, boy, I mean that would be that would be rough to watch. Now the the, the other thing we should talk about here with Mason Rudolph and, and Devlin Hodges is, is really what you saw on tape when it comes to Devlin Hodges because it does seem like he's going to be the starter this week. Obviously, you know I'm over the moon about this guy. I have been going all the way back. Uh, but what what did you see on Devlin? What did you like about it? And and what do you what do you think uh, the Steelers' offense is going to look like on Sunday? Well, I think the Steelers' offense is still going to run fairly similarly. Now, you just I think you're going to I think Devlin Hodges isn't afraid to throw the the deeper passes that 
that Randy Feetner wanted Rudolph to throw. And uh, I think that's a, that's a good sign for the Steelers, at least for to give their receivers some chances. Now, it could backfire if the passes aren't on target or if they hang up a little too high and defenders make plays in the ball. They are going to be targeting against cornerbacks like Casey Hayward and Desmond King. Both are very good players and will find the ball if it hangs up too long. But um, all in all, I, I think they're I think they're in a position where they can still feel confident to call plays, be aggressive, attack. Um, Devlin Hodges, uh, what I say in, in, in watching the tape in the All 22, there were several times Baltimore threw blitzes at him, and yes, the Steelers' protection was great, but he didn't flinch. You know, he didn't come off of come, he, he didn't lose track of his reads. He still processed what was in front of him. Um, there were there were a couple zero blitzes. There was one basic zero blitz where they basically showed, hey, we're, we're coming after you. We dare you to make this throw. And he made it to Deontay Johnson on a simple comeback route. But then there was another play where they sort of showed cover four and then they sent a zero blitz. And, the, you know, that zero blitz means there's usually one more defender than blocker coming. And the amount of receivers that you have, there's at least they're in they're in man. But he identified Juju Smith-Schuster as the guy that had the most space between his him and himself and the, and the defender on him. And he hit him over the middle. And uh, that, that was something that, that Hodges really showed all game was that he was poised in the pocket. He didn't care about who you blitzed to, 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 to frustrate him. He All he cared about was getting the job done. Um, so, you know, all, all things, you know, considered, you know, for an undrafted rookie to make his first appearance, that's as good as I think he gets seven of nine for 68 yards. You know, he led a touchdown drive and a, and a field goal. So um, all in all, Devin Hodges, solid performance. Will he be able to do it again? That's a serious question. Yeah. There's a lot of things to consider what might actually be the challenges moving forward. But as for right now, which is all we can live with right now, uh, Devlin Hodges has lived up has lived up to Tony's hype. <laughs> so far, so good with Devlin, and you talked about it, right? That kind of, the kind of confidence he has, the the uh, the no care attitude in the pocket of just you know I'm standing in here, I'm delivering it to my guy, regardless of coverage, regardless of blitz scheme, um, is, is you know kind of what drew me to him early on. But you know, I think I think it's also the kind of thing, Chris, and that that kind of confidence that he has that we saw. And it, there's a couple things that play into this. One, it's the confidence that he has that he's going to fit the ball wherever he wants it, and two, the fact that you know his arm strength or his mechanics on that arm aren't what they need to be, and so those balls end up floating a little bit, may lead to, you know, more interceptions. And we saw this in that game against the Ravens, right? I think it was what is Earl Thomas picking him off on that play. That's the worry. I, that's the only worry I have, really, going into this game is that, you know, if he's trying to fit some balls in there that he shouldn't, and he is a rookie, he's going to make rookie mistakes. We saw him make rookie mistakes at camp. You know, whereas Mason was a more risk-averse quarterback, who really wasn't going to try and fit it in tight windows, and therefore, you know, just didn't throw a lot of interceptions. I think he only right. threw the one to uh well he threw the one in the end zone on the two-point conversion but the real the one that counted in the game was the tip to Dante Moncrief right so yeah. um you know it, it, this is a team that right now offensively is having a real tough time moving the ball if you add on to that you know turning the ball over yeah it's I don't think this is going to be an offense that's much better than what Mason was able to put out there no, I agree. I, I I don't think it's going to be something drastically better. I I, th- I still think Mason Ruff will end up being a better quarterback than Devlin Hodges. And again, that's no knock on him. I just think that Mason has a really big future ahead of him. Um, and uh, but at the same time, I do think right now Mason may not be all that they need at quarterback because yeah. they need a guy that's going to take those shots, and he just hasn't taken those shots. So if it's if if it's me, I'm looking at uh I'm I'm looking at Devlin Hodges, and I'm like I'm liking. The fact that he's throwing the ball down the field, Tony, uh, and I wrote this on DK Pittsburgh Sports yesterday. 
he had four targets down the field or four passes that were completed down the field of nine yards or more. That's more than in any game that Mason Rudolph had appeared in during this regular season so far. Yeah, no, it, well, it's 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 uh, it's it's actually if you count the juju fumble, it's actually five. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I agree. I mean, look, this is a guy. You know, people said coming out of this game, and I felt the same way coming out of the game. That boy, you know, that was probably the best game that Mason's had so far. I mean, I'm throwing out the Bengals game. I know people keep pointing back to the Bengals game. You know, that was a very different offense, and that's an offense the Steelers are never going to run again. It's not going to work. So, uh, you know, this, this I thought Mason was the best he's looked so far. But, in you know, I, what I was surprised by is in re-watching the tape, boy, it all came on one drive, didn't it? I mean, all of Mason's best plays were on that, uh, were on the touchdown drive. Uh, he yeah. had the, the James Washington 21-yarder, um, and then he had the Juju 35-yarder uh, in, in that same drive. Otherwise, yeah. this was an offense that, you know, looked exactly like it did or very similar to what it did you know, against the 49ers and, and in some of those games where Mason has struggled. If you take away that five-play, 75-yard drive and just look at the other drives that Mason Rudolph was a part of, it's just 49 yards of offense. I mean, that's, that's and, and I think it was five drives of just 49 yards of offense. Um, so he struggled to, the, the, uh, thus far. I, I'm not sure, you know, I'm, I, I look, I know I'm the Devlin guy on this podcast, so no one's going to be shocked when I say, I think Devlin's going to have a better a better career than, than Mason. But I do think there could be a quarterback controversy coming out of this week um, because uh, you know where where Mason is right now, you, you touched on it, right? Where Mason is right now is not where the Steelers need him to be. They they need a guy that can generate some offense. This is a team that's playing defensively well enough to win every single game they've played so far outside of New England. I mean, they they could be four and one if they had a competent offense. They don't need a top ten offense, right? They need average offense, and they'd be a four and one team. Um, so if Devlin can can do that, not turn the ball over. I think I think you could have a quarterback controversy coming uh, over the bye week, and boy, what an interesting thing that would be to have. You know, which quarterback are you going to start? Mason Rudolph, the guy you had a first round grade on, or the guy who's called Duck and was an undrafted rookie free agent who had to make the team via rookie tryouts, and then was the fourth stringer throughout camp. It's a it's been a crazy season so far, Chris, and it may get crazier to say the least. And that's the thing, I, I'm I'm not surprised anymore with something ridiculous happens. Oh. Oh, Jalen Samuels out for a month, even though we saw him looking completely fine in the locker room? Sure, no problem. Great. Oh, is, is Steven Nelson on a groin injury? Yep, totally expected. You know, is Mike Tomlin thinking about being traded to the to the, to the the Redskins? Probably. We don't know. It's, they're, they're <laughs> the Redskins plane is in Pittsburgh. <laughs> you can't explain that. It's a weird one. No. Maybe, you know, Pittsburgh has a great art district, right? So maybe, maybe Snyder was just there to see, like, a play or something. Who knows? Anyway, we'll go to break. When we come back, We'll talk about the defensive side of the ball. Chris has charted uh, his whiff factor and the, uh, the the coverage chart. So we'll talk about that right after this. Hey, before we continue, I want to let you guys know about my bookie. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you just keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast. It's easy. They pay when you win. Let's face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with MyBookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit mybookie.ag today. Enter promo code LOCKEDON to double your first deposit. You play, you win, you get paid. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Chris, I'm looking over your whiff factor chart and your coverage chart. Let's start with the whiff factor chart from your charting in in this game against the Ravens. I'm surprised to look at, at this list and see it's Vince Williams at the top of the list with three missed tackles. I thought he had a very good game. Uh, made his presence felt out there. Nine tackles, but three missed tackles. Well, yeah, and, and this was actually the most missed tackles of any game the Steelers played. But at the same time, it's because of Lamar Jackson. He was just making people miss left and right with the moves that he was putting on. Um, that's uh, because Vince Williams also led the team in tackles with nine, yeah. which means he was around the ball at least 12 times in just 52 snaps. He didn't play the whole game. Um, I believe it was 81 total snaps. That was the total um, for the for the team. So, I mean, really, that's more like he played like two-thirds of the game, um, you know, if that. Um, and he still found a way to, to find the ball 12 different times. And uh, some of those times it was just Lamar Jackson just being too fast for him. But he was getting out there. He was finding the ball. And uh, it wasn't too disturbing because a lot none of his missed tackles – were ones that were him solo in a hole and then it cost them big yardage. Yeah. It was often like he was just trying to help against a, a speedy Lamar Jackson, couldn't put him down, but chased him just enough so that as soon as he missed him, someone else was coming through. The other guy that stands out here, of course, is Stephon Tewitt. He's had a fantastic year. I heard another Steelers analyst today say that Tewitt might be the best defensive player the Steelers have so far, just based yeah. on his performances in 2019. What do you think about that? Is, has Tewitt been the best defensive player better than TJ Watt? Uh, yeah. I mean, cause Tua has more sacks right now. And and when you have, when you're an interior defender and you have more sacks than an edge guy, you're kicking a lot of butt. Yeah. And that's what he's doing right now. Um, on the year, Stephon Tuitt has 22 tackles for five and he has five, he has five missed tackles, but you know, with, with 277 snaps, that means he's finding the ball about 9.8% of the time. That's roughly 10%. One every 10 plays he is around the football. Um, that that's those are the numbers you you want you want to see. That's higher than Cam Hayward's eight point nine percent. And Cam being being on uh, you know the, the the premier defensive lineman of the group, that's pretty big. Um, and he's also he's occupying blockers consistently. Tuit has been a wrecking ball in the middle of the defense. I think he absolutely is living up to the hype. The and, and why if you listen to me and not Tony, you probably bought his jersey that during during the off season. And you're pretty happy about it right now. I'll give you to it. You give me Hodges. We we call it even. We we call, we call, we call it even. All right. The other guy that stands out here to me is Tyler Matikavich. I know fans aren't going to want to hear this because you know the, the if there's a defensive player the Steelers fans love to hate it. It's it's Tyler. But this is a guy who's only on the field for seven plays. Chris, I mean, he kind of did his his best uh, Duck Hodges impression in this game. Very few snaps in this game, but made his presence felt. Two tackles on just seven or on seven snaps. Twenty eight percent in the fine percentage here. We 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 and we talked about him earlier as far as you know his performances in camp and in in preseason as him being a much improved player defensively. Uh, what'd you see from him? I mean, he was finding the ball. He was getting to it. Um, he was targeted on. Uh, 
on, on, on one pass earlier, early in the or late in the game. And uh, when they when they went after him, he tackled the ball carrier immediately. Matikiewicz, a guy that typically I'm like, what is he doing? What is he even doing out there? But he was targeted one time, only allowed three yards to a right receiver and made the tackle quickly. Uh, he, he looked solid. And this was the Tyler Matikiewicz they saw at Temple. He would, he, you know, he wasn't athletic. You know, he wasn't a guy that was going to fly all over the field, but he would find a way to be in position and make the tackle at the right spot. And he's, he's, he's shown, he's so far in the very limited sense that they've used him, he's shown that he's worth the investment of a roster spot at inside linebacker to keep him around. Going over to your coverage counter, I mean, you know, the guy that's always going to stand out here every week, he's just not having a good year. He didn't have a good game. That's Mark Barron. Again, four for four, 40 yards allowed, two of those first downs. Uh, three of those against tight ends, one of them against a the running back. Uh, you know, I, I guess we've talked about this already, but just to hit on it again, I mean, you know, it, it seems like it should be Devin Bush and Vince Williams as your starters and maybe start rotating Barron in. Yeah, it really seems that way, and especially the way that, that Vince Williams played. He actually also was pretty good in the passing game. He allowed one – he was targeted twice, allowing one catch of only three yards, had a pass break up. Um and Mark Barron, I mean, he was just looking out of place several times. There were times that he was in the right zone and he would bail on his own assignment and uh, expose his part of the field. Not a good look. He is certainly struggling. And uh, and uh, through the season, he is the most targeted stealer. He's been targeted 28 times, giving up 22 completions for 228 yards, 11 first downs. I mean, half of the time he's, been, he's given up completions. Um, it's been first downs. Now, ratio-wise, it's actually not that bad. Uh, but you know the fact that he's given up over 228 yards, that's not solving the problem of of of, a, of teams targeting the middle of the field. That's uh, more so contributing to it, especially when he still doesn't have an interception or pass defense all season. Uh, meanwhile, Devin Bush, he's been targeted 22 times. He's given up he's given up 18 completions. Um, he's a lot of 149 yards and nine first downs. So also that's, again, half of the completions have gone first downs. He gave up two touchdowns, but he has two pass breakups and an interception and he's coming along. He's the rookie Mark Barron. You were supposed to be able to fix things in the middle. He hasn't really done that yet. Yeah. Barron does have the interception against Cincinnati. It was late in that game. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, oh, it was an, oh, by the way, interception. You're right not to count it. It, You know, I mean, come on. Uh, the the other, now going to the opposite side of this defense, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick has been everything the Steelers traded for and more. Uh, you have it charted here, him being targeted three times, just one completion uh, for just six yards and a pass defense. Uh, but the thing that really that Minka has done is, you know, he's he's a communicator out there and he has stopped any, any threat of the deep ball. You've had two offenses come in that like to throw deep, that like to beat you with big chunk plays in Cincinnati and Baltimore. And there has been absolutely none of that through two weeks. Yeah, the the, the the chunk plays have have been limited. Um, they you know if teams are going to beat beat you, they're going to beat you, Dinkin and Duncan. That's what you want to see because while it does put your defense out there for more plays, it also gives you more opportunities to make the turnovers happen. And the Steelers are currently number one in the league in forced turnovers. They're also number four in interceptions uh, with, with with six total so far on the season. Um, That's more than they had all of last year, right? Six is more than they had. I think they had four last year. Um, I thought they had eight last year. Interceptions? Eight interceptions last year? Who? Who had eight interceptions? Hayden had two. Hilton had one. Okay. Davis had one. He did? Edmund had one. Dupree had one. Sutton had one. And Williams had one. They had eight. They had eight. Okay. But still. 
That's over an entire season. That's a shocker. You're talking about about three quarters of that has been eaten up in five games. Yeah. It's incredible. It's it's the one worry I have about this defense is if the faucet stops on the turnovers – what happens? What happens to this defense? Because they are they are getting you know to, to your point right. It's yards, mm-hmm. not points, um, which is which has been this this defense's mantra at, at points this year. We've talked about it right. The San Francisco game is the obvious one to point at for that. Um, what happens if they, if that stops and and this defense isn't getting you know the two to three turnovers a game that they've been averaging over their last four? What happens at that point? We don't know. Well, uh, but they are playing. I think they are playing fundamentally sound defense as far as a tackling team. Um, and when when it's not Mark Barron, they've also got some good coverage guys as well. But also, you got to consider Tony when you say t- when you talk about Fawcett, it, it's not like these d- turnovers are being handed to them; they're taking them off of people. I mean, yeah. the the interception by by, uh, by Devin Bush while covering uh, Mark Andrews was extremely impressive. Mike Hilton baited his interception, uh, you know, from Lamar Jackson. Lamika Fitzpatrick tipping the ball and Cameron Kelly catching it. You know, they are, you know, I, I, I know, I know they, they didn't earn, quote unquote, all the turnovers in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but they took advantage of them. And yeah. that's what that's what good defenses do. They take advantage of, of, of your mistakes. And that's what they've done. And I think that, you know, it's not about a faucet turning off. It's about continuing to make plays. It's on them to do it. If they don't do it. Then they're not living up to the hype that they're supposed to be. Well, I, I think that there, you know, there is. I mean, either this, we, if you have to, you, to believe that this is going to continue, you'd have to believe that this is going to be this team is going to lead the league in turnovers, right? Because that's where they are now, and they are on pace for what somewhere in like the, the high thirties. So you go from a team last year that didn't even have twenty turnovers to we were hoping for, you know, high twenties to all of a sudden a high thirties team. Boy, it would be it would be a hell of a turn. I'd love to see it. Um, you just have to wonder if it's going to continue at this rate or if it slows down at some point. They go through some games without any turnover or just one. Um, you know, what happens? What happens to this defense? What does the defense look like? And then offensively, you know, what does it look like? Uh, and is this team, you know, able to be as competitive in these games as they've been, uh, even though they have been some losses? All right, anything else stand out to you uh, as far as the defensive side? I mean, Cam Sutton's a guy that continues to stand out to me on tape in his limited action, but I just I don't see any other way to get him on the field because, you know, it's not like Mike Hilton's been terrible so far. I guess one thing I, I've been thinking about this week is if Steven Nelson goes down and he cannot play this week, is there a chance, given how well Sutton's played, that they trust him to play on the outside? I know he's been more of a slot guy, but you know, the other option is Artie Burns. I think it's a very good chance. I mean, they haven't done it this year. Artie Burns was the outside guy when that happened, but Cameron Sutton has shown before he could play on the outside. I remember watching him lock up with A.J. Green for an entire half of football and actually hold his own. I think Sutton has the pedigree to do that job. They've just been avoiding it because they want him for another job, maybe. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I think I think he's about that action. And um, and uh, and when it comes when it comes to the secondary, uh, you know, Stephen Nelson, I think is going to be fine. But they're going to find ways to keep the fresh legs on the field. You know, having Mike Hilton run first and second downs, and then Sutton coming on third downs, I think it's brilliant because it allows for fresh legs. It allows Hilton to be aggressive and then come off the field, catch his breath, and then if they if they don't get the stop, then he goes back on. I think it's a really smart move. The Steelers used 21 defensive players in this game. Uh, I, you know, you talk about the fresh legs. I think, you know, this team, the 81 snaps that they took, they did a good job of, of kind of uh, spreading that out, right? There's a lot of players. I think there's only, what, four players who had over 70. I'm trying, I'm trying to eyeball here. Four or five players that had over 70 reps in this game. Everyone else you know, kind of was was uh, rotated in. I think it's good. I mean, this is a team, you've talked about it, right? The snap counts have mattered when it comes yeah. to 
their play on the field. So if that's going to be the case, then you have to coach around that. I think, you know, credit uh, credit to Mike Tomlin, credit to Keith Butler for understanding that that's a weakness of this team and addressing it in a game where they did have, you know, they did go up against an, you know, a, a, an offense that was capable of putting up 80 snaps. Uh, but, you know, you, you wouldn't tell it from the product on the field. The Steelers defense looked fantastic. All right, that'll do it for us today. Chris, before we go, uh, let people know where they can find your work. As always, find me on Carter. Find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Feel free to at me. Feel free to d- send me a, send me a DM. If you follow me, I will follow you back. I'm always down to talk with our listeners. Thank you so much for being listeners of our great show. And you guys are what help make it great. Uh, we have several really good th- interactions with you all, and uh, you guys really help drive us throughout the week with your questions and the interactions and the ideas that you guys give us. Um, sometimes it generates some funny talk from me and Tony during the show. Um, and especially if you're liking the show, if you're digging it, we'd really appreciate it if you go on iTunes podcast right now. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a positive comment. Those type of things really help us boost the show and get more uh, for what we're what we're trying to do with you guys and, and it helps us move forward. You can also find my work at DKPittsburghSports.com, you know, where I'm, I'm the lead NFL analyst covering the Steelers, giving you the X's and O's, talking about the secondary today and how they're playing pretty well. They right now have the fourth most interceptions in the league, and their six interceptions are three-quarters of their eight interceptions from all of 2018 What's the difference? Find out at DKPittsburghSports.com where you can sign up for 99 cents for a trial month. If you don't like it, yes, you, you can you can say that you tried it out. But if you do like it, like I think you will, you'll get the best coverage of the Steelers, Pirates, and Penguins anywhere. And that's at DKPittsburghSports.com. Daryl Austin. Uh, you can follow my work at Steeler Country on Twitter. And if you want to say, by the way, if you have any more of this conspiracy stuff, you can DM me. My DMs are open. Let me know what you find if you have any more inside knowledge about this whole Dan Snyder thing. I, my tinfoil hat grows a little bit each day with this whole conspiracy. And Chris and I will be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.